founded Ripple Match back in 2015, really got things cranking about a year ago. He came on the show, was doing about 4,500 bucks a month in revenue 18 months ago. Now today, doing 125 grand a month across 75 companies paying them for job interviews. And he's lining up about 1,000 first round interview connections per month. That's what he cares about. That's what they're scaling. They've raised 3.7 million bucks in capital. Uh, too early to talk about churn. They haven't churned anybody. Spending about 10,000 bucks on acquiring these business uh, or these companies uh, to start using their platform. They get paid back in under six months with their team of 12 in New York. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. They had no money when they started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Andrew Myers. Originally from Denver, he studied history and was Pi Beta Kappa at Yale before dropping out his senior year to pursue Ripple Match. He listens to clients, runs sales, and is obsessed with helping students and companies find the right match. Again, helping students find their dream job. Andrew, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, excited for it. All right. So look, you were on about a year ago. Actually, it was more than a year ago. It was January 19th, 2017. At that point, you had about 15 customers. You were you were just starting to make money. 4500 bucks a month in revenue, $300 ARPU. Again, you had a team of about 12 people, I think, up there in New York City. You've since rebranded. Tell us what the company does and give us an update on, on where you're at today. Yeah, absolutely. So I think when we first talked, uh, it was in the really early days for us, uh, You know, right out of our uh, dorm room at Yale. And uh yeah, it's been a you know pretty incredible journey since then. You know, I think that revenue total uh, has, uh, has has definitely surged, and uh, yeah, you know, our, our whole mission as a company is connecting employers with the right candidates and candidates with the right job. And I think the way that recruiting has traditionally worked is employers pick you know a set sample of two, three, four campuses, and they'll you know post up there, you know, do an information session, whatever it might be. The challenge is that you're recruiting from a really, really limited subset of students and you're not actively able to win over the best candidates on each campus, which is terrible for diversity, terrible for winning over the very best candidates possible. And so what we do is basically automate that entire recruiting process and make it possible as an employer to sort of pinpoint and find those best candidates regardless of where they went to school. Are you finding that you're hyper-focused on essentially the HR recruiting space, but specifically for students into companies? Is giving giving you an advantage over larger market players like an Indeed.com or iSims or these other guys? Completely, yeah. I, I think we think of ourselves as the most sort of candidate-centric company possible, and I think it's really only possible to do that when you're deeply in touch with the sort of anxieties and motivations that are going on in you know, a 21, 22-year-old's mind. And so that's a lot of where we channel our energy and kind of how we focus our candidate experience. It reminds me of like a Procter and Gamble, you know, their most viable customers right out of college when parents stop paying for your toothpaste and the, and the brand and the, and the student then picks a brand that ultimately they might use for life, like Tide or things like that. So you're, you're getting these customers early, right when they enter the job market. Have you seen anyone do multiple jobs with you? They do one right out of school, then they leave, then they come back and use you again or no? 
Completely. So we haven't opened the process up as much for that second job just since it's, you know, two years in. But the, the vision in the long run is to basically move candidates through every stage of that job process. And so what's amazing to see is we kind of look at our customer success data and see the experiences the candidates are getting on the platform. We have a really strong likelihood of being able to match those candidates in their next job. And because we have an effective experience when they're first looking, we sort of earn the right to collect more and more data as they go through that process, which then makes our matches better and better as you think about that first career transition and kind of move farther out into a career. And what's the revenue model? I know when we first spoke again, 18 months ago, you were kind of still experimenting. Was this going to be like a percentage of first year salary thing or a SaaS model? And do you charge the student or do you charge the company? And you were still kind of figuring that out. What's the revenue model today? Yeah, I vividly remember chatting about that on your show. So we've transitioned to pretty much an entirely annual subscription model. So about 80% of our revenue is driven through annual subscriptions. And that's the company is paying? Yeah, we'll always be free for students, so the company pays. And and walk me through like what that average sale looks like. Are they buying a set number of placements, and and what's it what's it sound like? Yeah, so basically, what we sell is unlimited hiring across a set number of roles. And uh, from a sort of average contract perspective, and we're looking at about an average contract size of twenty five thirty k. Our packages typically start at about twenty k for corporate customers. So that's kind of how we do pricing. And again, that's unlimited hiring. That's unlimited hiring for a given number of roles. So those packages will, you know, go up into, you know, enormous kind of six figure contracts, depending on what a can, a, a client's actually looking for, but it kind of starts at a base level of $20,000 or so. Mm-hmm. And, and if you have multiple companies paying for the same kinds of roles, how, how will you handle a competitive situation where two of your customers want the same student? Yeah, we're somewhat selective about not bringing on employers that are direct competitors for each other. And part of the pitch is that it's a little bit of a competitive advantage in that process. Um, The way that we handle it on the candidate side in the short term is if a candidate's really far along in the process with a company that's directly competitive and looks like they're a fit there, we won't match them with that other opportunity. But it's a little bit of that blend and balance and just making sure that we're kind of hitting that hitting that balance right across the board. And so is this kind of a, a human powered back end? One of your people is looking at this and saying, ah, don't they're already talking with a competitor, don't automatically match them software with these new guys. Or or is it really no, it's all code driven? So it's, it's actually kind of incredible. Um, you know, when we integrate with a client's applicant tracking system, we're able to see where candidates are moving in the platform that feeds directly back into our machine learning model and our matching model in general. And so in the early days, we definitely had a human being there just to make sure nothing was going haywire. And occasionally, occasionally you'd see like a crazy match or something like that. But at this stage, it's, you know, really pretty purely algorithmically driven. And the human element really only comes in when we're trying to understand our employer's preferences and just making sure they're getting awesome awesome customer service. And what have you scaled to today in terms of total customers paying you? Yeah, so we have about 75 paying customers. So our our models changed a lot towards focusing on these larger annual contracts. And just also, I think the focus is really, really excellent brands. So we really want to be the place where the best jobs are, the best candidates are. And that's really how we've kind of centralized our focus. Yep. And then look, you said, you know, average starting is around that 20 grand per year. If you've got 75 customers, I mean, can I kind of back in and assume you're doing about 100 grand, 120 grand a month right now? Yeah, that's a pretty pretty accurate backend. That's yeah. really healthy grow up a growth up from forty five hundred about eighteen months ago, right? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty crazy to watch that surge. So it's been uh, it's been great. When did you realize that that was the model? I mean, was there a clear moment where you said, "Ah, that test just worked. We've got to triple down there." 
I think what we realized is that we wanted to align value as much as possible. And so if you have a placement fee, you know, attached to a candidate, which a lot of competitors in the space have traditionally and recruiting agencies do, you're kind of incentivizing at the end of the cycle. Oh, if I can find this candidate, you know, from a cheaper source, I won't do that. And so originally it actually came from wanting to be as aligned with our candidates as possible. But what we realized is having that kind of push forward allowed recruiters that were loving it to just use it over and over and over again. And I think early on in a startup, the focus has really been maximizing value rather than maximizing revenue. And so it was consistent with that, but then it also ended up clicking from a revenue perspective. And you'd raised, I think previously about 700 grand last time we spoke. I think you have some, some news here. So what, what have you raised to date? Yeah. So, uh, you know, just announcing another $3 million uh, funding round. So our first institutional capital uh, to date. Um, and uh, yeah, bullpen and accomplice uh, led the round uh, together. So really excited to have uh, Duncan Davidson and TJ Mahoney on board and uh, providing some great support there I as well. S- I assume with those guys, it was a priced equity round, not a, not a debt round. Yeah, it was a priced equity round. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And did you, uh, I mean, what was that model like? Did you go specifically like friends you knew or did you launch a big kind of competitive process? How many months did it take? Yeah, so it was a a relatively smooth process uh, this time around. You know, met met TJ relatively early on in the process, I think kind of on our first trip and just really hit it off with him. You know, I think he's uh, got a, a great track record as a founder and I think just really got how big we wanted to go in terms of vision. And so he ended up giving us a term sheet pretty quickly and then brought bullpen uh, into the round from there. So ended up, you know, sort of getting to pick between a couple uh, or a a few great VCs and we're really happy with how it worked out. That's great. You launched in 2015. So you have a couple cycles, I guess, now of annual renewals. Do you have a general idea of what churn looks like or retention? Yeah. So, so far since we launched, uh, you know, we basically launched our, what I call like ripple match today, which is, you know, really a full automated recruiting process. And we actually haven't churned a customer yet on that new product, but it's annual subscriptions and only a few have come up for renewal. So that's a little bit of an unfair, uh, unfair statistic, but I actually plan to hold that this year. We're seeing really, really awesome results from our customers. And a lot of our uh, revenue growth has been driven by referrals. So it's been really cool to kind of see the reaction on the customer end. So just to be clear, all the ones that have gone up for renewal have renewed. Has anyone asked for like a lower plan or have you have any downgrades or no? No downgrades so far, but you know, on this on this new plan, it's 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 still new. But yeah, one hundred percent so far. All of us in the software world also have subscriptions to a thousand different software platforms, and it can be challenging to figure out which ones you should invest your time and energy in versus ones ones you should ignore. So, I mean, I had this problem. We're scheduling hundreds, actually thousands of B2B SaaS CEOs for this podcast, and I needed a good tool to manage all the scheduling. So I went to Captera and essentially looked at who ranked highest, who had the best reviews, and narrowed it down to essentially a book of fee, appointment, and acuity scheduling. I now use a combination of these three tools tools to do efficient appointment scheduling. Now, what Captera has built is extremely impressive. I don't know if you guys know this, 700,000 reviews of products from real software users help you discover everything and really make an informed decision. They cover over 700 specific categories of software from project management, which we have a lot of these CEOs on the show, TML marketing to yoga studio management software. They really do cover a ton. So, if you want to get started on Captera today to find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business, and quite frankly, save time and energy on all your software expenses, we all spend a lot on it, visit nathanlacka.com forward slash Captera. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A to get started today. Totally free.
Let's move away from the economics and, and, and talk more about, again, just like what you're trying to do in the world, right? So place students into jobs. What's that number today? How many students have you successfully placed into jobs? Yes. Yeah, so the way that our process works, probably the single like biggest thing we measure, because if we integrate with an applicant tracking system, we can track full numbers of hires. But in terms of uh, this sort of statistic where we actually hand it off into a company's process, it's really that first round interview. And so we've been basically averaging about a thousand first round interview connections a month this coming year. So working back into it, I mean, we're seeing probably between, I don't want to say like 100 and 150 candidates get jobs each month on the platform. So pretty substantial. And a lot of those candidates, you know, really sort of think top tier software engineering, really awesome, diverse candidates. So it tends to be a pretty uh, powerful funnel for a lot of these companies. So just, too. just to be clear too, you've based all your pricing and everything around just that first interaction. You're not making kind of guarantees around hiring or anything like that. And then it's on the company to manage their own process in terms of taking those leads. You're sending them and figuring out which ones to actually quote close and give a job offer to. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't, we don't get guarantee hires in our pricing. Although at the end of the day, that's something we sort of pride ourselves on. Yeah. And I think the gold standard is, you know, ultimately that's how success is measured a lot of the time. So we, we have to be the best there. Do they tell you that the cohort of the leads you're giving them have a higher kind of job offer rate than other methods they're using? Yeah. So I, I think two of the most remarkable statistics we're seeing right now is 60% of the candidates that we connect with companies end up getting a first round interview. So if you think about like a human recruiter, they've been doing this their entire life. You know, Google alone employs a thousand internal sourcers and we are matching at a more effective rate than the average human recruiter. And it's, you know, all tech driven. So that's been really powerful. And I think a lot of why those early results have been good. I think the other sort of exciting statistic is, yeah, if you're hiring off of a job, board, um, you know, you're often looking at a pretty, pretty abysmal acceptance rate in terms of actually going through the process. And for us, about one in every 28 candidates we match gets hired, which tends to be, you know, really, really superior to the average job board. So that's been an exciting kind of, uh, I guess, badge for us there. That, that is great. With no churn, it's hard for you to kind of get a rational LTV model in your head because you could argue it's infinity currently. So instead of that, let me ask you differently. How are you adding new customers and, and what does that CAC look like? Yeah. So uh, in terms of how we add new customers, uh, it, it, it's twofold. Uh, we rely a lot on our current customers for referrals. But we also have an outbound sales model, um, you know, pretty classic structure uh, with both the BDRs and account executives, um, you know, working there, kind of building out our early pods there and moving a little bit away from that sort of founder led excitement of the uh, of the early days. And uh yeah, it's um, it's been pretty straightforward. So, I mean, our, our customer acquisition cost right now has only been about half of the annual value of the customers we're bringing on. Um, and so a lot of room to work there. And yeah, I guess LTV, you could argue, is infinite, obviously, is never infinite. But I really think that for us, you know, what we're doing is creating really, really deep partnerships with these early customers. And our goal will be to you know, be working with them on you know implementing how these candidates, if they stick, are doing five, 10 years from now and feeding all that data back into the system. So these are really long-term relationships. Yeah. So just to be clear, if you've got CAC at about 50% of that first year ACV, that's I think about 10 grand uh, that you're willing to spend on these guys and then get payback period. They're pretty healthy. Exactly. Yeah. I got it. And most of that is that 10 grand CAC is mostly spent, you'd say on the sales people, salaries, commissions and all that, or are you doing any direct paid stuff? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very good. Up to me on the team. What's the team look like today? Yeah. So, you know, we're growing incredibly quickly. I uh, have 12 uh, full time at the moment um, and we'll probably double in size roughly over the coming year. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of going through uh, that all out hiring phase, a lot of interviewing in the in the office. So for anyone who's uh, listening to this podcast, uh, 
we've got a bunch of openings up on our job page. If you're an amazing software engineer, or you want to be a part of what we're building on sales, uh, definitely check it out. You were at 12 folks also last year. Now that's not a knock on you because I know a lot of people brag about growth and they, and they communicate that in terms of our team has tripled, but really you've tripled expenses, right? So what's happened over the past year? Do you have some people churn and you're trying to restructure the team a little bit or, or what, what goes through your head there? Yeah. So I think in those early days, um, you know, the whole focus was how do you build out this marketplace? Right. And it was an incredibly kind of dynamic uh, challenge to get the candidate acquisition inside of that launched and really pinpointing and bringing on the top candidates on each campus. Um, I think what we've realized is there hasn't been you know, a ton of change. Our, our, our team is pretty similar. But as we started to branch into the employer side and we've just gotten more efficient and more effective, I think we're able to do more with less. And so, uh, yeah, we've we've managed to kind of flip it pretty quickly. And I think, uh, I think in general, it's just been an efficient hiring model there. Yeah. I think, look back 18 months ago when you have 4,500 bucks in revenue and 12 employees, your revenue per employee obviously is, is fairly low. There will call it 300 bucks a month right now. When you look at revenue per employee significantly higher and a great metric to look at in terms of how you're spending capital. So that's probably <laughs> maybe a healthier way to think about it. Um, definitely. Yeah. I think we were, I think we were profitable in the, in, in the first quarter and compared to a pretty uh, fast burn rate with those 12 in the early days. So it's paid off. And I, th- I think that that worked, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's better to be on this side of it for sure. Yeah, no, that is great. Where do you hope to th- the 3 million takes you? Where, where, what do you want to get to in terms of AR by the end of this year? Yeah. So in, in, in terms of targets, I, I think ARR, while important, is almost a byproduct of the stuff that we're looking at, you know, the most closely, which is really our interview rates. And I think we're, we're basically realizing that a year out from now, we're going to be in a position where we can theoretically 10x the interviews happening on our platform. The plan on student acquisition is to quadruple our candidate base with a huge focus on really, really getting the best candidates on a you know, huge range of campuses. And what's cool with this sort of marketplace effect is that interaction action density just increases so much when you've got this balance kind of mounting on each side of the marketplace. And so that's really the target that we're kind of laser focused on right now. You went into detail last call about how you have student ambassadors and that's how you get the, you know, you have a marketplace where right? you got to get both sides and your marketplace on the student side, you, you solve that by having ambassadors. Is that still the model? Yeah, uh, that's been a really powerful model for us. Um, you know, we, we, we do a few different things on the candidate acquisition front, but yeah, we still have a huge uh, presence on all of these campuses and partnering with these different clubs and organizations, both on a campus level and on a national level has been a huge part of our success and growth on the candidate side. Andrew, good stuff. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Favorite business book? I think I didn't even have an answer for you this time. I, <laughs> I just read uh, Impossible to Inevitable, uh, which is Jason Lemkin's book on, uh, on B2B SaaS sales. And I, I thought it was excellent. So that's probably the one on the top of my mind right now. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, I think in terms of uh, CEOs that kind of interest me the most, I think I'm always looking... Uh, Looking sort of right above me, I think it's always helpful to have role models who've kind of, you know, hit that next level of growth. So there's, you know, a, a number of entrepreneurs in New York that I've really gotten to know and who I find really useful from a mentorship perspective. A- anyone in particular that the audience could look up and go study as well? Um, that's God, that's an interesting question. I, I, well, I know we had, uh, I, I know we played Catan with, uh, with Patrick Ambron, uh, the other night, but I think he does a great job at, uh, at brand yourself. And I definitely give him a shout out. I'm, I'm really still, like, I'm still salty like, over, I'm still salty over that game. The fact that a newbie, you, you, you play a ton. I play a ton. A newbie came in and won, but he's a great guy and Sparks doing big things as well. That was a, t- that was a totally frustrating. Ending. <laughs> yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree more. <laughs> All right. We'll have to do it again. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business? 
you know, I think JustWorks does a great job. They're really blowing up. Another shout to a, a Spark Capital investment, but they're uh, they're really blowing up in New York right now. And I think they do a great job uh, when it comes to HR benefits, all that stuff. So we're really happy with them. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Not, not a ton at this stage. We got we got a lot of work to do. So uh, I, I'm already trying to shoot to get at least you know try to get to six. That's not yeah. that's not bad. And uh, what's the okay. situation? I, I assume still single, married kids. What's your situation? Yeah, uh, it, it, it didn't, know, it didn't have a girlfriend, but nothing, uh, nothing. That's all in on the business. How, yeah, how, focused right now. And yeah. how old are you, Andrew? Uh, I'm 24. 24. Last question. Four years ago, what do you wish you knew? Uh, I, I think that things are never as good or as bad as they seem, right? Like it's it's a long journey, and I think each moment, you know, has its ups, has its downs, but it's it's sort of staying the course. And I, I think I really admire that consistency. I think it was probably a little more excitable in the early days. Guys, there you have it. Never as good or as bad as it seems. Coming from Andrew, founded Ripple Match back in 2015. Really got things cranking about a year ago. He came on the show, was doing about 4,500 bucks a month in revenue 18 months ago. Now today, doing 125 grand a month across 75 companies, paying them for job interviews. And he's lining up about a thousand first round interview connections per month. That's what he cares about. That's what they're scaling. They've raised 3.7 million bucks in capital. Uh, too early to talk about churn. They haven't churned anybody. Spending about 10,000 bucks on acquiring these business uh, or these companies uh, to start using their platform. They get paid back in under six months with their team of 12 in New York. Andrew, thanks for taking us to the top. Yeah, thanks, Nathan. Have a good one. Bye.